recording yeah. now. Um, uh, let me think. How do I do this again? I, you I say, just... good evening, I'm Blue Highwind, and here's the topic of discussion today, and here's the people. That's typically how you start it. Okay, all right, we're starting that way. Uh, so Techno just introduced us to the uh, <laughs> podcast right now. <laughs> I'm okay. Blue Highwind, and welcome to the Final Fantasy Wiki, the podcast about the Final Fantasy Wiki. Uh, we talk about Final <laughs> Fantasy and sometimes wiki stuff. I'm Blue Highwind, and good evening. Uh, with me tonight is, of course, Technobliterator, who you just heard, and uh, two other Hi. people. Cat you say hello. Hello, this is Cat Some color mage, say hello. Hello. Technobliterator, say hello again. Hello, this is Technobliterator. I'm back in Texas, and my voice doesn't sound like shit anymore. Kind of sounds the same to me, to be honest. Yeah, it sounds exactly the same. <laughs> is the last podcast? No. Is this mic not even on? I I don't know. It's too too late for you to do technical changes because we're going. It's uh, it's time now. So it is January 2023, and. As with all things about 2023, we don't care because we're looking back at 2022. 2023, it's uh, it's been depressing so far. It's been, frankly, a terrible year. So let's talk about 2022 instead. I mean, like, uh, would you agree 2023 terrible so far? Techno, I think you killed your mic. Did I? Uh, maybe. Well, you heard that, so I kind of killed it that badly. Okay, I heard someone talking. Oh, it was probably me. Okay. All right, I'll have to edit that bit out, but I'll work around it. Um, all right, so <laughs> okay. 2023, the games media is uh, dying horribly. Yep. And um, the tech industry is firing everybody. And uh, Avengers is dying wow. too, the Avengers video game. And yeah, so it's just kind of dark times so far. So let's talk about 2022 instead. There, there's an asterisk next to the tech industry firing everyone, which is... We'll, we'll, we'll the, come back to that. We'll come back to that. We will come back to that. Okay. So All right. we should start with the news, I think. This is already like our most chaotic podcast we've ever done. Like it's a complete mess already. I like it. This is that, that would be impressive. That would be very impressive compared this, to the other ones. This is interesting energy. So, um, our first news report of the year is uh, the Square Enix president decided that he was going to double down on a little thing called NFTs. Remember NFTs? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Uh, so, <sighs> thank you. Square Enix CEO, this is uh, Yasuki Matsuda. And he's like, multiple blockchain gaming events held overseas recently produced more active discussion than ever before. Woo! Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, he's, the, basically his I, argument was, um, yeah, it, it failed for everybody else. But that means there's more space for us to grow. We have less competition now. <laughs> Uh, uh, meanwhile, uh, CDC does its uh, yearly um, does its yearly survey of uh, of people in the industry, and uh, the side result is more people than ever are saying that they are not going to develop anything involving the blockchain. Yep. 
blockchain here's his, here's another quote this is a choice quote blockchain has been an object of exhilaration and a source of turmoil but with that in the rearview mirror <laughs> we hope that blockchain gains will transition to a new stage of growth in 2023 i don't think the so, turmoil's so. in the mirror <laughs> no, right actually, well i mean the ftx guy isn't even sentenced yet come on man yeah Tom Brady lost sixty million dollars on the blockchain. It's been a disaster. <laughs> yeah, that's the rumor. I don't know I if that's actually know about been. This. That's pretty funny. I don't know if that's been exactly confirmed because it's not like anyone has. Yeah, a bunch of other, a bunch of other celebrities got sued over blockchain for like misleading people or some shit. Yeah, apparently he invested some money in uh, the FTX thing that, of course, no longer exists. So all that money's gone. Um, I don't know if it was $60 million. It's just funnier to say it that way. Yeah. I mean, the crypto companies blowing up is never not funny. Like, uh, I remember yeah. that one. Uh, uh, was it Crypto.com that splurged a ton of money on getting a sponsorship deal on an arena and, like, later uh, last year, uh, Crypto.com has completely collapsed and the owners of the stadium are trying to figure out how to get out of that licensing deal. I don't know what I can say about crypto to shit on it that I haven't already said in previous episodes. I'm glad it's failing. That's all I'm going to say. And if Square Enix want to keep trying with this, it's your funeral. What well, I... This one, this one, how much money is Square Enix actually putting into it? Are they just saying they're putting in money? Are they putting like 20 mil? Or are they... Go are they going for like the they going all in they're putting like a billion in it what are they doing i can't find this information anymore. well i i don't know if that information's ever going to be available but... in. yeah yeah I, I don't think they're putting much in because at one point they claimed that they were putting all the money from the ido sale into it and then later they said no we're not doing that um yeah that'd be a ridiculous amount of money to put in from, from what i can tell and i've speculated this before is that they have like one project going they have one egg in the basket, and, you know, this is their strategy for a lot of things. Maybe it'll sprout and make them trillions of dollars. Maybe it'll fail. But um, I am somewhat concerned that he continues to go and hit this drum when, you know, NFT crap could not be less popular across the industry and probably unpopular on Wall Street, too. So I don't know who he's even talking to anymore. Yeah, it's just, I mean, sometimes based on the NFT stuff that Square has actually tried to show off, I'm still not convinced they know what an NFT is. Does anybody really? Fair point. Yeah. Mm. So um, how about some lighter news? Uh, this is yep. uh, from a couple of weeks ago. This is a Kotaku article about this. I think you guys listened to this mod because I did not. Uh, there's a new Final Fantasy VII voice mod. It's supposed to make the yeah. original game entirely voiced. It's created by a team called... Or I think the mod is called Echo S7. And created by... So the, mod is called, the mod is called Echo S7. The guy who created it is called Mods, And he has a bunch of other different mods. So you can put this voice mod together with like a graphics mod together with like a gameplay rebalancing mod like you can put it together with a bunch of things to basically make play playing final fantasy 7 a whole new experience 
And I actually have talked to quite a few of the voice actors involved with this with this mod. I was even on the podcast for the voice director who plays Cloud, I think, in it. And um, I can I can tell you at the very least they have worked very very hard on this thing. Okay. Um, is there any way you can get me in on this? Maybe I could play I don't know Don yeah, Corneo yeah. or something. Um. A tiny role could, that no one would like. <laughs> I anyway. can ask around because I can say they are working on Final Fantasy VIII and IX. Okay, all right. I want to be um, in Final Fantasy VIII. I want to be uh, the the big yellow guy underneath the garden. He kind of looks like Norg. Norg, yeah, name? I want to be Norg. I was going to call him Modoc, yeah. but I'm like, he's yeah, definitely not Modoc. <laughs> or, or, or I could be Adele. No, I shouldn't play Adele. I think that's a bad idea. I think Modoc is not Modoc. Norg, Norg is more my skill set. Anyway, uh, this kind of uh, hits some traction because apparently the trailer has a lot of cursing in it. Yeah. Yes. Which is interesting because Final Fantasy VII does have cursing in the script. A lot of it's uh, covered up. Yeah. A lot of it's covered yeah. up in like the uh, special characters, like dollar sign, exclamation point, whatever. Uh, so I, I guess they've went and had some creative liberties with this. They've had numerous creative liberties. So, for example, it's not just the voice text you see. Like, it's not just the text boxes that show up that are voiced. It's also, they added voice lines to the characters' animations. Like, um... So like I think I think when Cloud does Meteor Rain as an example, I think he says "Let's dance, asshole," like he does in Seven Remake. They've also <laughs> they've also added. Um, to be fair, Cloud does sell us in Remake, so. Yep, and they added it to uh, the cutscenes that didn't have any kind of script at all, other than the final final cutscene of FF Seven. So. The FMV cutscenes, they added voice lines to them. And they added some uh, unique parts of the, like, so the, the one that blew up was, um, I have my opinions on this and whether they should have put this on the trailer or not. But basically, the one thing that got a lot of traction was in the mini game in Marco Reactor 5, when there's that button pressing mini game and you have to press it the same time as everyone else. Yeah, which In sucks. the original game, yeah, in the original game, every time you fail it, Tifa just says, no good, let's try again, fail again, no good, let's try again, no good, let's try again, and it just repeats the same thing. This time they added it so that every time you fail it, she says a new line, and then they change it, and eventually if you fail it enough times, she flips out on you, throws a tantrum, and then just smashes the whole thing and you just run through. And they put that in the trailer. Wait, 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 so... so I guess it's more than just a voice mod. They've also, like, machined the characters a little bit. Yeah, they did. Okay. So, yeah, it was kind absolutely of... absolutely not an accurate translation. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like, um, that addition... Like, uh, uh, okay, I'll give you my opinion. Is basically, first of all, uh, if I were responsible for this mod, I would not put something like that in the trailer, first of all. I think... It's nice as a fun little Easter egg that you've thrown in and that people can discover on their own. I wouldn't put something like that in the trailer. I just, I disagree with that decision. The other thing I disagree with is I don't think that's something Tifa would say 
Barrett would say it. I think it would make a lot of sense for Barrett to be like, oh man, this is taking too much fucking time. Shoot up the whole console and then run through. Like it would make sense for him to do it. It just doesn't seem like Tifa to just flip out and curse, curse everyone out. Well, but you are the Tifa aside, expert tech now. Like you have a... Your bachelor this is true, degree, I did write her page. Your bachelor degree <laughs> is in Tifaology. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't put it that way. But um uh yeah, I mean uh I just I fundamentally disagree with decisions like that. But with that said, I will still say the voice actors are all I think really good. I think they really worked hard on this, and as much as I have disagreements with decisions like that. I still think this is probably a really good mod and it's really good it's it's really good to play. You know, you just have to keep in mind this wasn't written by Square and they probably wouldn't have portrayed their characters in this way. Okay, would it work with a regular uh Final Fan with a regular PS1 emulator? I mean, maybe that's no, too technical. This works with the all uh, mods are PC. Okay, so yeah. the whole thing is its own executable. Yeah, so basically, you go on their website, which is sunomods.com, and you add in, um, yeah, yeah, so you go on their website, and then there's, I think there's a link you can click, and the link explains to you how you can download the mod for the Steam version of the game. And, uh, oh, the other thing I'll say oh, so it does is, work for the Steam um, version then, alright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the other thing I'll say on this is they are unpaid doing this. So these are people who are up and coming voice actors and, you know, they've done, they put in all this legwork just out of their love for the game. And, you know, they are fans who are, they are fans as much as we are. And like we are, we are also unpaid. And so, um, yeah, so as much as I think that, um, that like i do have fundamental disagreements with a lot of stuff that that a lot of the decisions they've made i also acknowledge they've worked extremely hard on this it's a very good mod and so i think people should cut them a bit of slack okay all right um that's uh that's a lot yeah. on that um uh, we have uh we have two big dlcs this month uh stranger paradise's new dlc and uh final fantasy 14 uh, 6.3, God's Rebel Lands Treble, Tremble, Treble, whatever. Stranger Paradise DLC, out yet? I forget what I thought that. it, I, you know hey. what, I should know these things. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was the discussion about it in the general chat this morning. Stranger Paradise Yeah, DLC. the discussion was like, so, they uh, put up, um, they, they had a revelation in the, in this DLC, which is when Mog from Dissidia, so the Dissidia mod comes in and said, oh, I found a garland that wasn't you. And my reaction to that was just kind of like, you know, I, I miss the days of when I was editing wikis and some information like that would pop up in a journal entry or in a cutscene that I could cite that <laughs> instead of just saying it happens in gameplay. But um, beyond that, Beyond that, I didn't have a strong reaction to it. I will say, like, uh, I, at least in the story aspect, I found this DLC. Well, you've watched uh, quite the I mean, you've watched it already. I've watched bits of it. Okay. Yeah, and I will say, like, you know, the story around this game 
does get more and more intriguing to me the more I find out about it. Okay. Um, some core mage, I assume you haven't gotten to it yet, because it only came out yesterday, uh, um, January 27th. I haven't played it yet. I do... Uh, I believe they've also, like, toned down the problems with the older DLC, so I'll probably get to it eventually. Um, what problem was I that? It was too difficult, right? That, yeah, the problem is that, like, really overtuning could only really be done with, um... It could only really be done with people who, like, knew what they were fucking doing with gearing and stuff but they did eventually tone that down over time like there is an easy mode there is like not an easy easy mode but there's like a there's like sort of a cheat mode to get through the story which uh, i believe it was that gives you permanent uh permanent chaos springer it's uh jack super mode which uh, allows you to just completely change, uh, completely cheese the game because if you have stack enough, uh, I forget which job class this is, but when you have 400% affinity with that class, you're invincible as long as you're in Lightbringer or Chaosbringer. So, to, combined with that mode, you you are just invincible for the entire thing. So, uh, is it kind of like the the jump when you take from? Kingdom Hearts 3 to Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind. I, I guess, yeah. This but is like, already um, a pretty tough game now. But like, what happens is that like each uh, each DLC uh, to get through the story, you have to be you have to do it in the difficulty of of that uh, DLC, which is harder than harder than the previous highest difficulty. So like the base game, yeah. once you beat the game, you unlocked Chaos. Uh, which went up to level, I think, 300 or so difficulty. See, I just suck at Souls Light, so and, I just I couldn't do that. And then the Bahamut, the Bahamut uh, DLC at the start, it does just give you gear to just boost your item level up to that, but it, it has to be played on Bahamut difficulty, which goes up to level 400, and you have to beat that to do the Gilgamesh DLC which requires you to be in Gilgamesh difficulty, <laughs> which goes up to level 600. Oh, man. This all sounds very overly confusing and complicated. It does sound immensely complicated. I mean, it's very obvious this is why they went with the Season Pass model, because if you tried to buy the DLCs out of order, they wouldn't do anything. Yeah, and, like, I guess you can't so. buy You can't buy the DLC separately. You have to buy all three of them or none at all yeah as opposed to ff15 where there was a season pass model but i don't feel like the season pass made that much of like you know it's not like you have to play episode gladio first and you have to play episode prompto second like yeah all of the all of uh, 15's uh, side episodes are standalone right and really, only the last one was like worth it, right? For fifteen. So I remember yeah, that Alan... wasn't part of the season pass. Yeah. Yeah, the Arden one. The Arden one was they legit. They wanted it to be part good. of season pass too, but then someone had to fuck off and cancel all of the se- all of the season pass two things except for Arden. Well. Oh, you know, actually, like, um, if you're on about the last one from season from the season pass, which was episode Ignis, that was the best episode from that. 
I, I was also thinking that well, too because I remember the first one being okay. episode Gladio. I think I remember that was like Which ten minutes. So long. disappointed. Like was... I can't tell you. Like yeah, yeah. You know, Gladio... how excited. I can't tell you how bad. excited. Oh, sorry, was, go ahead. Uh, okay, comrades is bad. Um, Ignis is yeah. Ignis is just best by default in that lot. Yeah, I can't tell you how excited I was for an episode where you play as the best character in the game and you fight Gilgamesh and Cl- and freaking Battle of the Big Bridges in it. I can't tell you how much that sounded like the perfect dlc for ff15 for me and it came out and it just sucked i was yeah. so disappointed well we don't need, to, uh, we don't need to rehash 15. yeah what the fuck was that excuse for a gilgamesh like like, like <laughs> okay. right? how many arms do you expect gilgamesh to have he had one at least eight <laughs> didn't he have at one at least arm? eight how, how many arms did Gladio, episode Gladio's Gilgamesh have? Yeah, he had one. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I think that's really clever, all right? You expect Gilgamesh to have 16 <laughs> arms? No, he's got one arm. Look, look so they stupid. swerved you. They swerved you with the number of arms. <laughs> he should have He should have as many arms as the number of the game. So, like, you know, in 15, he should have 15 arms. If he managed to hmm. show up in 16, he should have grown a 16th in the interim. Mm, I like that. Okay, that, we, see, we have and, so much and, to cover yeah. today. We don't need to do 15 again, as we always do. Um, yeah. We have oh, Final man. Fantasy 14 right. 6.3. Tell me about that. What's cool about yeah. that? Yeah, sure. So uh, the, the three big additions, and there are probably others, that is that so there's Story, which is filler, but it has Ruby Conte. And it has a version of the, the the meme version of the Final Fantasy IV boss theme. They brought they brought in the, the guy who made the meme version uh, to make the boss theme for Rubiconte. But otherwise, the story is basically just filler. We don't really. Need what to do you mean meme version? Uh, you know the Hayden version of uh, the battle of, against the Four Fiends? No, <laughs> I don't know anything about. I anything. think it's in spoiler. I think I posted it in spoiler chat a bit back. Okay. Oh wait, you weren't yeah, one yeah. about the song that's like uh the freaking the puppet song? They're like No, stop, stop, like, stop that right now. What are you talking about? I thought that's what you meant by meme FF4 boss song. No, what are you talking about? Battle with the Four Fiends where where Barbaricha like loves girls and Ruby Conte wants to take his robot. Hold on, I'll just Link it again, Price. Okay. <laughs> yeah, can you can you link it in Penguins? Because I I really have no yeah. idea. Was this official Final yeah, Fantasy right. anything, or was this a fan made this? It, this is uh, a fan made thing, but uh, for for this uh, this patch, they they hired the guy that uh, that did it to uh, to rearrange the song again. Oh shit! This is actually decent. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, 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 so for Rubicante's boss fight, they brought back they brought back this guy to, to make his boss theme. That's um, funny. Uh, so that's that's the thing. Um, we can talk about the new twenty four man raid and how everyone's horny for gods uh, later. But something I, I, I do want to. I mean, yeah. we can we can just answer the main question of that. That anyone who. Uh, I was thinking the last time we talked about this is asking, uh, yes, her, uh, yes, Nafika's tits are exactly as big as she is in the uh, in that artwork. Yay! Oh wait, so we saw her like real life her. 
Yes. Okay. And, and, uh, and like, they haven't, yeah. yeah, they haven't exactly answered what's going on, but they made it pretty clear what the case is, because, like, the, the big thing at the end is that, oh, there was actually another, another member of the gods that, uh, that has been left off of things, and it's very, very strongly implied to be, uh, the Watcher, which is a character from the main story arc that, uh, Heidelin created him uh, just to watch over Zodiac's uh, Zodiac's prison on the moon. So it's it I'm is implied gonna... that these are all creations of Heidelin. I, I'm not going to ask any follow-up questions because I I don't know anymore. None of that makes any sense to me anymore. Okay, the Final Fantasy fourteen lore at this point is very much like anything. Uh, Final Fantasy after it, it becomes long enough, like the Final Fantasy VII uh, storyline, no one can follow it anymore. Kingdom Hearts, no one can follow anymore. Final Fantasy XIV, if you haven't been following it from day one, no one can follow it anymore. That, that's just how mm. we like it. Hey, I could explain Kingdom Hearts lore in about 30 seconds. Unfortunately, we don't have the time right now, so we will not be I could explain that. Final Fantasy VII lore in 30 minutes. But we definitely don't we have definitely that point. Don't have that time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Final Fantasy VII lore is real easy. All right, there's an evil alien, and her son is in love with Cloud, and capitalism is bad. Done. Okay, that, that I mean that's yeah. that's a pretty decent summary. But yep. yeah, next topic. Uh, uh, so uh, I guessing the third thing you wanted get was the ultimate. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so maybe I should explain what an ultimate difficulty raid is. So these are the like high. This is the highest difficulty uh, setting uh, that a boss can have in Final Fantasy XIV, and usually it, it's usually in game explained as some sort of like ridiculous fanfic that Yoshi P's self insert wrote about the characters. Um, oh, was that the one with the freaking Bahamut fight that made me quit the game? No, no you were stuck on it. you were stuck on normal difficulty Bahamut. <laughs> Oh yeah, well there, well there you go. That that tells you how hard these games are, like these uh, fights are. So it's, no, the, 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 there is an ultimate difficulty version of Bahamut where he like goes golden mode Super Saiyan, um, but that's not what you were doing. Um, okay. No, so the the ultimate difficulty version of Omega uh, came out on Tuesday, the Omega Protocol, and mm. uh, no one has beaten it yet. People people have been going twelve to sixteen hours a day every day since like five a.m. Eastern time on Tuesday, whenever the patch came out, um, and uh, we are still a long way off from seeing a clear. And it's it's it's, it's certainly possible that, that that Square Enix has maybe gone too far this time with the difficulty, though we don't know that for certain. Like um, last I checked was a uh, I think yesterday, and the furthest anyone had publicly gotten was like the first mechanic of the fifth phase. That is still where everyone is. Yeah, because I remember. It was that Final Fantasy XI boss that was infamous because uh, it was so hard that a team of raiders spent about 24 hours trying to beat it. And then they gave up specifically because they were worried that either A, one of them were going to get killed, or two, this was going to become a news story about how crazy gamers were. And it definitely became part mm -hmm. two. Hmm. Yes, well, well uh, thankfully, uh, the uh, higher difficulty fights in... Uh, in 14 have a two-hour limit baked in so okay Rip. so you 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 have to take a break yes 
Um, but people people keep grinding, and yeah, we are we are nowhere near clear. And unfortunately, the competition was marred a bit this time. This is this is why I wanted to mention this on the news. Um, so I mean, aside from this, there's some issues with balancing, whatever. Um, so so this 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 boss has too many status effects. You can only have thirty status effects on a player character at a time, and that includes like self buffs that you need to have in order to use your abilities. And the boss gives so many status effects that certain jobs cannot properly do their like ability rotation because it hits the buff cap at 30, 30 and yeah. The second, the second like bug is that it seems like, uh, and maybe I guess this is like a disgruntled Square Enix employee maybe, they, they haven't made any public statements about what this, um, yeah, someone leaked a bunch of what, what looks like quality assurance, like beta testing footage from the fifth phase of the fight. So further, further than anyone has seen publicly like on a stream or whatever so far. Um, yeah, just, just leaked it to Beely Beely uh, yesterday uh, for, for, uh, for the whole world to see. Okay, so I have a question. Because I don't play yeah. this game, but I'm going to ask a dumb question anyway. Is it so difficult because this boss is just, the numbers are too high and they need to make their numbers get bigger? Or is it an actual strategic puzzle that they are unable to solve? It, it, it is a ladder, yes. Okay. Uh, basically, um, ultimate, you actually uh, the, cannot gear up for your uh, your item oh. level is fixed to a specific value. You can rearrange your real equipment to get a bit to get a better uh, a better like uh, distribution of stats, but like your total is fixed. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah, and just just for context, so that Bahamut fight I was referring to, like, that has this stupid-ass mechanic where, like, you know, if you are, like, standing in a certain bit, then it doesn't matter that it's just you, everyone dies. Like... Uh, yeah, you were right. on Twin... You were on, uh, Fight 5, right? The Twintania. Um, the Twintania is known for being really fucking broken it's not that broken anymore because they fixed the loss of the worst of it but it's still it's still a very it's still a very obtuse fight that uh that a lot of the mechanics which is because uh the platform that the fight is on is not exactly even so everyone decided for for a bunch of mechanics instead of actually doing them we can hide on this one bit of the arena that's lower elevation than the rest of us and all the attacks just go over everyone's head Oh, great. Well, that was funny. Why didn't you think of that, Techno? And that is and that is why pretty much every fight since has been on a flat square or circular surface. Mm. Well, at the time, I was told that the way I should beat it is to not even participate and to just jump off the cliff or something, right? And so I, and so I told the guy to screw off. And I, I mean, you game. encountered a fucking asshole, which uh, yep. Fight 5 in particular is full of, of because uh, uh, in uh, A Realm Reborn, uh, Savage difficulty wasn't a thing yet. So everyone that was filtered into the hard dif harder difficulties yeah, So basically, the, the game has gotten um, better since then. And like, it, I mean, if you came back today, we could just... Fucking destroy Quintana. We just turn on. Uh, we just turn on undersized party, and you don't even need full eight people to do it. Like level fifty oh, stuff okay. just gets, gets steamrolled. Interesting. 
Well, if I ever have six like, months and no other video game to play, I will do all of Final Fantasy fourteen. But I don't think that's yeah, ever same. Happen, so. When I finish, when I finish the FF and the RNC wikis, that's when I'll do it. RNC. Uh, oh, Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. When I finish those two wikis, that's when I'll do it. I was like Roller Noster Kytoon. Roller Noster. <laughs> but, but but anyway, we were talking about the buff cap thing earlier, which is really funny because it's impossible to tell whether or not this this circumstance of it is a bug or just them deliberately trolling the players because that sounds like something Omega would actually do, exploiting the limitations of the uh, of the game world. Because uh, like this thirteen cap. Uh, this is uh, historical PS3 limitations. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn, is a game that was way too ambitious for its target platform, even though they had pet toned it down from version 1. Uh, it still uh, was still really a bit too much for the PlayStation 3, and throughout uh, A Realm Reborn and Heavensward, uh, there were a lot of UI changes had to be uh, made with the consideration that if they added too much to the user interface, they were scared that it would use up so much memory it would not fit in the PS3's memory limit. So that's it's amazing that's, that this game has lasted like three console generations now. So, Is it still, so that's why. Uh, sorry, some kind of major. Is it still supported for PlayStation Three all these years later? No. No, you no, cannot play no, it on PS3 anymore. Damn. Uh, but like that's that is uh, that is where the thirty came from. Like, you know, if there's on if there's only a maximum of thirty visible status effects on screen, uh, we probably won't have to draw so many buff and debuff items that we overflow our limit. Uh, um, and like that was a problem, but this was a problem in a Realm Reborn, so they couldn't add more space to it so their fix for it was that only 30 are visible but for enemies and only enemies if you attach more buffs and debuffs to it those buffs and debuffs will not actually show up visually but still apply up to a cap of 60 which okay. yes that is and so so everything worked fine because you know most of the time when this when this cap was limited, it's because you're in an alliance raid, and uh, back in the day everyone had damage over time effects, so everything had like had like 50 damage over time effects on it at once. Everything was all good, but this time around it's affecting the players because um, so one of Omega's attacks is called. Hello World. This is uh, a signature fa attack of his final phase in Savage Difficulty. And, it's literally uh, called Hello World. Yes. 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 is a robot. He does this a lot. I mean, that's I should say that does it a lot better. because the preceding phase is the one where where, where it decides uh, that the way it can beat humanity is to emulate humanity and creates like male and female versions of itself to Julia and then what? like in Savage after that. Wait, what? Yeah. 
So it yeah, does. It does the end. It does the end of a Shin Godzilla, where the super uh, horrifying Godzilla creature starts creating humans at the end of its tail. Yeah, this is what yeah. Omega turns into. I mean, I posted it in the Penguin. Wait, that uh, all right? No, 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 no. Those are near characters. Excuse me. Those are clearly yeah. near No, he just he just turns into the cast from Mir. Okay. This, this is Omega's funny. secret hidden technique, and he tries to learn uh, how to do limit breaks and stuff because that's what Final Fantasy fourteen player characters. Yeah. Do. All right. Near Replicant uh, does this with Omega. Adam and Eve. Yeah. <laughs> but but anyway, Hello Omega. World was was really the first of like a recurring kind of mechanic where where like the boss just uh, just like gives everyone like you know, like three different debuffs each one means something different and when the time is on those debuffs run out like they don't have a negative effect on the person but when the debuff timer runs out it causes a specific it causes an attack to go off centered on that player so so like and like usually that's fine because you know it's just usually like two or three things but the ultimate version of hello world it just shits out tons and tons of status effects this this one attack lasts longer than the entire first phase of the fight there's just so many status effects coming out there's that like if you you're doing something like dancer where like half of dancers attacks rely on having a randomly applied buff on yourself your mechanics just stop working because because you dodge your own buff because mm. there's no room to put it okay i i guess Game i'll ask very for an, broken and cursed i guess i'll ask for an update next month as to if everyone's beaten omega uh, i can report though that uh, omega weirdly hot was not expecting that yeah the female version, yeah, that's interesting. I wasn't. You can actually get. You can actually. I don't know if you can get the male version. But I know you can definitely get the female version as like a like a DLC, like custom glamour. You can spend real money on. Uh, okay. In case and 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 you can also get her weapon now that the uh, now if you beat the ultimate difficulty version of the fight, so you can become uh, horny Omega. All right. If you so choose. I wasn't specifying male or female. I was not specifying male or female when I said Omega was hot, by the way. Hey, yeah, yeah, the yeah, all right. Well, I you would. know. Okay, so um, we have rumors. Rumors of future yeah. things to come. Uh, so I don't know what... I, we can give this about 10 seconds. So there's a 4chan rumor that got posted to General about uh, what's coming up. That supposedly there's supposed to be a Final Fantasy 35th anniversary presentation, specifically February 7th. Has not been announced yet, but like presentations get announced two days before they happen. So, uh, rumor is that there's going to be Final Fantasy 9 remake, Final Fantasy 10-3, World of Final Fantasy 2, ah. and Final Fantasy Tactics remastered. I guess. Yeah, I don't. Sounds bullshit. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't buy any of those except. Okay, so I'll, I'll clarify this. The only one of those I buy is Nine Remake for reasons I've discussed on previous episodes. It's I been completely buy that one. Yeah, that was exactly. In, uh, it's one been of the big previously. Leagues. Yeah. yeah, it's been rumored previously, and a lot of the other leagues were correct. I buy that one. I don't buy any of the others for a second. 
I don't like the idea of Final Fantasy X-3 because if they did revisit X, I would much rather they did a prequel. That's the second thing. And the third thing is I'm just going to caveat all of this with I remember the day leading up to E3 2015 when me and a former member who was my best friend, Tia Louise, when both of us, we saw those rumors, it was on our old IRC chat room, and we said, nah, this is bullshit. This ain't gonna happen. And the two of us were so dead certain there was not <laughs> gonna be a Final Fantasy VII remake announced at E3 2015. And then it was announced that night. And I remember, because I specifically remember the second it happened, I messaged her like, yo, what the fuck? We were wrong, holy shit. And then she didn't respond to me until the next morning. She was like, oh shit, we were wrong. <laughs> so that's all I'm going to say is I don't buy it, but I've been wrong in the past. Okay. I don't buy it because 10.3's window would have been about 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah I, I can see that too. That's another reason. I don't know who 10.3 would want to. to. I don't want to buy it because there's no way they'll go with my idea of what a 10-3 should be. Which is? Go on, I want to hear that. Jesus' severed head going on a drunken bender so upset because he's lost Juna. Oh yeah, that So sad divorce guy energy Titus is what you want? Yeah. Yeah, I mean like... Specifically the version of Titus that gets killed in 10-2.5 where you where he kicks something he thinks it's a blitz ball and it's actually a mine and it blows his head off. Like, to me, just the idea of, you know, you do a 10 prequel where you flip Final Fantasy X-2 on its head and it's 10-0 because it's now Jekt, Braska, and Oren. They're on a quest together and they have their three and they can change job classes and everything and you can introduce a whole new combat system around it. Like, you know, to me, like, there's so many things they could do with that idea, and I really wish they did, but, you know. I play your card right, and that would be the sexiest game in the series just from Jack's uh, job outfits alone. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Techno, I mean, I, I didn't you complain about games with no girls in them? Uh, I, I did complain about games with, with no girls in them. That is, okay. that is a very fair point. Um, but... Caveat to that, we have never met Yuna's mother. Okay. There's All no right, character. So four that playable add. characters. No. We'll have Yuna's mom, uh, Braska, Jekt, and uh, Oren. Well, yeah, I mean if you if you made her a playable character. No, but like, you know, I, I wouldn't mind it within the context of ten solely because they've had ten too, which is only playable women. So, on that context is, like, the only context in which I think it would probably make sense. Yeah, um, on that, the reason why we have ten two is because it's a bunch of reused assets from Final Fantasy X, so it was a pretty easy game for them to just, like, shoot out right afterwards. Throw together, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Final Fantasy X-3 would have to be completely remade from the beginning, and probably would not have the same turn-based battle system, because... That's just not what Square Enix does anymore for major releases. It would be interesting if they right. did it. I, I would I would proudly eat crow right here. I would find a crow from the street, boil it, and eat it on the podcast if that happens. But I don't think it's going to. Well, yeah, considering, if they did... the, uh, considering the kind of uh, like 
the team the the ten is and like its direct lineage, it would probably be uh, anything along that vein would probably be similar to remake. Yeah, like if Final Fantasy ten was given. I, I personally wouldn't give it the 7 remake treatment. I would give it the Crisis Core reunion treatment, wherein you remake all the assets, but the game itself is fundamentally the same. Although I'd tweak a couple things, make that's the fucking that, That's basically what 10102 HD remaster is. Yeah, but they didn't remake all the assets for that. They remade some assets and not all of them. So those some that they did remake look kind of out of place and so they made the music I was, and yeah, yeah. And a lot of people a lot of people say they made the music a lot worse like but basically um if they were to do that i would completely see them also doing a 10-3 to sell people on it more but i don't see it like so i'm gonna i'm gonna say this leak is probably bullshit um, yeah, it sounds like they have two things that were heavily implied already and then just made up some stuff around it to make it sound plausible. So, uh, yep. the other rumor is, um, Square Next posted this somewhere. I saw this on Twitter. It looks like their upcoming schedule and Final Fantasy 13 is on here as TBA for PC. That is, uh, that is, uh, a misunderstanding of uh, of Square Enix's PR website. They they do not constantly update that. Uh, like if you look at the image, uh, conveniently blocked out by the circle, you can see that Final Fantasy XIV is still listed for PS3, despite it not being a PS3 game anymore. It's like yeah. they they only they only update that site when they're posting something related to that game to that site so like there's been no P PR for Final Fantasy 13 mm -hmm. so they never changed it from PC version TBA and that and already that is on Steam that. right Final Fantasy 13 yes it is on yeah. Steam yeah uh, I haven't heard good things like about Steam like the, the PC ports of the 13 trilogy are pretty bad but but they yeah, exist that's what I heard like I dead ass want a Final Fantasy 13 remaster I never got to play the originals fully. Like I never got to like fully uh, appreciate them and get to like get to know them very well. There's a chance I wouldn't. There's a chance I might not like it that much. There's a chance I might really like it, and I just haven't had the opportunity to do that. I dead ass want a 13 remaster. Like you know, I know that that game has a lot of people who really didn't like it, but for those who did. And for those of us like me who never got the chance to try it, I think we deserve one. Is that playable at all on PlayStation 4, 13? No. Not even on PS4. It it might be on the it might be on PS now. Oh. No, it's not. It's not. It's I have not? PS now. Yeah. I, I think it was at one point, but um I have PS now. 13 is not on there. Okay. Yeah, um, I think Final Fantasy Thirteen is a fully formed idea. That's how I'm gonna put it, and uh, it's worth seeing, I guess. Yeah. So, all right. So, I guess that rumor is not true either. Um, next thing, uh, we have uh, some things that are ending. So, uh, on my birthday, January 11th, I don't know why I'm telling the world that, but 
the Final Fantasy VII, uh, the first soldier shut down. Rest in peace. Next up, um, maybe next maybe next time you'll put a, ba a battle royale on something with control or support. Maybe. Uh, other thing is that um, Marvel's Avengers, which is not a Final Fantasy game and technically no longer even a Square Next game, I don't think anymore. Uh, that is uh, reaching its end of life. So uh, there's going to be a 2.8 yeah, update uh, on March 31st. And then all official support for the game will end on September 30th. Which means I believe you can keep playing it, but probably will have no longer any online support. And uh, but, most likely it is not for sale after that anymore either. Yeah, I think they claim this online would still be possible. Like, I, I don't know, maybe it's a P2P thing, so it doesn't really matter if there's official servers. Yeah. Um, they, uh, but yeah, it is being removed from the stores. Uh, everything is being transitioned to in-game currency because there's a fuck shit ton of DLC for that thing. As well as microtransactions. A lot of paid um, DLC. Expensive paid DLC yeah, on that. Yeah. Yeah. Like something like $75 American for 10 outfits. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, well, that was, that was money well spent, my friends. Uh, um, uh, but yeah, uh, like you said, the, this was Crystal Dynamics, so it's now technically Embracer instead of Square Enix. Um, also, apparently this was... As far as people could tell, like new content for this was supposed to be wrapping up uh, for this game this year anyway, except uh, one of their lead, de lead developers resigned. So they sped up the uh, they sped up the timeline for that. Yeah, um, this is a game that never really took off the way that Square Enix wanted. Um, did anyone play it other yeah. than me? Uh, I did, and I have exactly the same complaints as you. Yeah, it, it is a very well-made, very competent single-player campaign with, I think, like some good ideas of how to handle the Avengers. And I think Kamala right. Khan is a great protagonist, and I, I love the chapter in Jersey City, even though it looks nothing like Jersey City. Uh, but then everything else about it, the combat system, the idea that you would do these maps over and over again, fighting these boring robot enemies for currency and for hats... Whatever, none of that, none of that worked at all. No one ever wants to do that. It's not how the game should have been. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is what they should have made for that kind of game, that exact style. And uh, yeah, bad choices and were like, made. And yep. And like uh, this uh, purchase of uh, of like Idos has really shown to not be a great thing for the Embracer group so far, because like all that's happened so far is uh, that they've uh, They've shut down this was it Square Enix Montreal a month after renaming it, yep. and they've had to shut down the Avengers. Um, and uh, but we are getting a Tomb Raider TV series. Yeah, okay. but uh, like, um, I really do not think Embracer is a company that appears to be run or managed exactly well. And they can be kind of fucked up. Like, I think uh, the first game that everyone is fully aware of as an Embracer game uh, was uh, Saints Row 5. And, you know, the quality of that notwithstanding, uh, when, they, when that game failed, uh, they moved Volition from uh, where it was under Deep Silver 
to being under gearbox, which is one of the most fucked up things you could do in the gaming industry. Like, like imagine being told your boss is now Randy Pitchford. That that's fucking horrible. No one Ra- deserves that. Yeah, um, I, I don't think that's the first Embracer Group thing because um, Darksiders. They had a new Darksiders game, didn't they? It was the top-down yeah, one that no one liked. I think it's the first thing that's ever. I think that's the first thing that everyone was aware was an Embracer thing. Okay, that was THQ Nordic before they named themselves yeah. Embracer. So this is the first time this mm. brand name Embracer has launched a big AAA game. Though, wait, wait, what was uh, Mutant Year Zero, was it? No, not Mutant Year Zero. That's a different game. It's another game about mutants, mutant animal game. Do you remember this? Um, damn it, no. what's it called? Not Mutant Year Zero, it was like this big open world thing. It came out 2021, I think. Biomutant. Biomutant. That was it. That was another I don't remember that. <laughs> you don't remember Biomutant? It was like a really ambitious game, came out uh, May 2021. Uh, you were... It had like tons of ideas, like you could customize your animal and mutate them a million different ways, and it had like it was way too ambitious for what it was could possibly achieve, and it got very bad reviews. It's already forgotten, apparently. But yeah, I don't think this company is very well managed at all. No, I, I think something does not smell right about them. Anyway. Um, we do have... Uh, I, I feel if we're going to talk about weird Square Enix games, we should probably move on to Forspoken, right? Right. <laughs> mm. Okay. So the discourse I... around this game has been so fucking stupid, but stupid enough that it actually makes me more intrigued about it than I was before. Okay, so Forspoken is a new game by uh, Luminous Studios, which were the people that made Final mm-hmm. Fantasy 15 minus the director. Uh, you can see yep. some Final Fantasy 15 in there because uh, the world of Althea... It has in its like um, in its uh, skyscape like big giant arcing things like you know how Final Fantasy fifteen has those big like I don't know bridges or mm. whatever you can see off in the distance right, right. yeah it's yeah. got that same yeah. kind of thing I don't I don't know what that means but uh, this stars uh, Frey Holland who I've discovered uh, do you know why she's named Frey Holland Unfortunately yes yeah so yeah she was found as a baby at the Holland Tunnel which I guess the twist so, is going oh, to be that she's from the land of Althea because the Holland Tunnel is where this uh, you know the Isekai warp thing is that she falls into it's going to turn out oh you were from Althea yeah. the entire time alright uh, she does yeah, the, joke the portal she discovers while staying at the Crossroads Hotel yeah. because uh, this opening is written with the subtlety of a David Cage game well, she does joke, I was really glad I wasn't found at, like, the RFK bridge or something. Or the Crosstown hmm. Expressway. Be like, oh, I'd be Frey Crosstown Expressway. I don't think the writing's that bad. I, I think the acting's pretty okay. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, you know, a lot of people have compared the dialogue in this to, like, the MCU. And I can kind of see it, but that is not the impression I got from it at all. Like, there's two comparisons I thought of. One, as a more humorous example, it's like, you know, when you're playing a D&D campaign 
And then your friend spends all this time setting up this world with this setting around it and here's your objective and whatever. And all you want to do is come in and cuss him out and take the piss out of the world. Or no, for I, non I don't British know people this feeling to make all. fun of the world. I, I don't know. Okay, this well that's feeling, all I ever do when I play D and D. Alright, that makes sense. That's all I ever do. Like, you know, like they make, they set up all these grand characters that are all like, oh, here's the ancient wizard who has this spell. And you just want to go in and just make fun of them. That was the only like impression I ever got from Techno, this. Techno, do you it's get just invited, going in. Do you get invited to a lot of D&D &D campaigns? Because I wouldn't invite you to, your, to mine if I had one. <laughs> Um, I run my own D&D campaigns as well, okay. um, but the answer is yes, and mostly we just go in and fuck around. Um, but anyway, so that was my first, that was the first, like, thing it reminded me of. The second, it reminded me a lot of Final Fantasy Origins, like, you know, how the main character basically just does not give a fuck about this world, and is just cussing it out. That was what it reminded me of. So I just, like... And I just don't understand why, like, to me, it, it seems the main difference between these two games in that respect is one has Final Fantasy in the title and the other doesn't. But maybe someone who's played those games can explain the difference to me. Well, I, I could continue because, like, she does not not give a shit about the world that she's walked into. It's not like Jack, where, like, Emperor Final Fantasy 2 will float down and he's like, yeah, you look like somebody who would say bullshit like that. It's just, I love, Jack's mm. great. He's character of the year 2022. Clearly, Jack was it. Um, no, she's a, she's an outsider that landed in this world and wants to go home. That's her initial reaction. I'm only about two and a half hours in. Right. Uh, she's not unhelpful to the people. She's landed in this place where, I, I will say, there's kind of a feeling of compromise in this game because... Most of the world is, like, empty and full of zombies and monsters and killer bears that look like the creature from Annihilation. And there's, like, one town. And that town might already be on fire. So there may be no town soon. I don't know. Uh, that, that's one thing that worries me. I, I do think that the actress Ella Belinsky, she's nailing it pretty well. There's an early scene where she's sleeping in her abandoned apartment. Which somehow or another she was able to find an abandoned apartment in uh, Hell's Kitchen where, which I know in the past that's where Hell, not Hellraiser, uh, Daredevil? Daredevil, that's where Daredevil's from. And it had this reputation of being this hard place, but like, Hell's Kitchen now is super nice. You go there to hmm. find parking so you can go see a Broadway play. And there is a poster for Phantom of the Opera. I'm, I'm rambling a little bit, sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I think, um, like, her scene where she's in her abandoned apartment, and she has this moment that feels a lot like, if this was a musical, she'd be singing her I Want song, which is like, tomorrow, I've made enough money doing my petty crimes, I'm gonna get on a train, and I'm gonna get out of New York City. And she's sleeping in this sad yeah, apartment. Yeah, like the one from she's In the Heights, as an example. Kind of like that, yeah. She doesn't take her sneakers off when she goes to bed, which annoys me, because like, were you raised in a fucking barn, girl? Come on. Take your damn shoes off. You're going to get your shit all over those sheets, which are nice looking. I actually felt emotions in that moment. I felt bad for her in this sad apartment with her cute cat, which then gets set on fire. And her face seems to be scuffed for the rest of the game after that. Uh, the combat is really good. I will say the story is sounding very generic to me. 
yeah, it is generic, but it is not offensive or cringy or whatever. It feels like a lot of people taking things out of context. And I will also say, gotcha, my yeah. suspicion here is that if this game did not star a black female protagonist, these quote-unquote cringy lines would probably be getting much less traction. Though, yep. I can also say... To other people, but in my personal opinion, I'd hate it more. Though I'd also say, I do not believe there is a black female writer working on this game. It does feel extremely like yep, a game Yeah, I got made. that impression too. It does still feel extremely like an inauthentic game where it's made by people who are not from New York City, who have not had this life. And they're going and placing it here. So, like, maybe they should yeah, just have a it's, Japanese... It's, 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 assumedly, it's a Japanese writer. Yeah. Maybe they should right. have had like, a girl I from Tokyo was... come to Althea and then... Or hire the a black writers, female uh, writer to do this. Like, the writers, I think, are all white Americans. Oh, are they? Oh, really? I thought this was all yeah. Japanese. Um, nope. That was my version, too. Interesting. You know, she's English. Um, Ella Belinsky, English. I did not realize that. Yeah, so... A lot of people really don't care for this writing, and I understand it. Uh, to me, I will say that some of the scenes actually made me more endeared to this game, if anything. But based on what Blues told me, I've now turned my opinion down to, oh shit, I don't think I would like it that much. Because it sounds very by the numbers. I would say this is not a game to buy for $70. It has really, I, I, it has really good combat. I'll give it that. You spin around. She moves as fast as Sonic the Hedgehog. You got magic you can throw, and it does splash damage, and it beats the shit out of a whole bunch of zombies, and that's pretty fun. I think the dodge is a bit weird because you have to hit like circle is your run around button, and I think you got to hit circle at the right time to dodge, but it feels very finicky. There's probably a good way to do it. I, I'm not sure. You have to use Estus flasks to heal. And I'm going to be honest, I'm tired of fucking Dark Souls mechanics in games that are in no way Dark Souls. Yep. Um, yep. Like, I mean, Souls life in general is becoming very generic these days to the point where, like, I don't even think I'm going to play the next Star Wars Jedi game because I didn't really care for Fallen Order that much. You know, I, I mean, and I want to be fair to that game. I'm glad it exists. I'm glad we finally had a decent single-player Star Wars game in a long-ass time. But, yeah, I mean, I don't, like, I don't find these games all that fun. So that's, so that's also somewhat off-putting to me. I, you know what? I thought Fallen Order's issue was not the Souls-like stuff. I actually found the running around kind of vaguely open world level thing to be more boring than the oh, Souls oh, I hated the that. platforming why was there so much platforming well, in that I game like, say it's better in that department for yeah. sure alright it is definitely better in that department uh give me one I have also read Ooh. one oh Techno's gone uh, uh um uh he might be back. oh there he is yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, hey wait, welcome wait, back wait. um uh, I didn't know how to mute myself. So well, there, there's, there's a button with a micro that looks like a microphone. <laughs> the Discord thing. I can see it now. I'm good. Okay. So you were saying? Um, oh, I was saying. Yeah. I mean, 
Um, at least the like the discourse around it has definitely endeared the game to me more because I was more curious about it. But based on what I hear on it, it sounds like a solid get it on sale if it looks interesting. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, because. I think you spoke over me, and I was going to say something. I read in the Polygon review that the game's only about 20 hours long. Maybe even less. Which, uh... Yeah, that's not worth $70. No, this is not the big-budget, non-Final Fantasy RPG that I was kind of hoping it would be. At times it looked like... If you're just doing the story, it's beatable in 12. Real? Oh. Mm. It's just like Final Fantasy XV! Wow, it is Final Fantasy XV, too, huh? Alright. Yeah, I don't like the the discourse where we say like, oh, a game has to be like a certain number of hours long or else I am fucking with it. Like, I don't agree with that take. I actually like when games are short if they're good. But this I, just I like doesn't sound like that. Too. Right. I, I like short games too, but not for seventy dollars. No no no. I, yeah, I, yeah, to be clear, I wasn't talking like you know, I wasn't that wasn't in response to your take on it. It was in response to like, you know, you see people say like, oh man, I only got 200 hours from Animal Crossing. This game sucks. Like, you know, you get some ridiculous ex- like takes on, on this kind of shit. I am definitely not going to ink down a precise uh, value for money threshold, but uh, like uh, PS5 games in Australia are $125. I'm not paying $125 for for something for of that way. Game. Yeah. Well, how about I put it this way? This is a Square Enix RPG, and you expect those to be about 30 to 40 hours long. And if it's half that long, that kind of means you're not going to get the kind of grand adventure with all sorts of different characters and plot twists and wild disc one oh my god everything i thought was true is not true that's just not gonna be the case here and that could be very dispiriting yeah yeah Yeah, Um, so in summary the game seems all right it doesn't seem like it's gonna set the world on fire um i don't know what will happen to the studio after this i think it would depend entirely on how well the game does or doesn't do i think this is the last game a- anyway, mm. uh, as the person who has played Stranger Paradise, maybe I should answer why Stranger Paradise and Forspoken's advertising, I fully admit that this could just be advertising fuck-ups, feel, feel different okay. to me. Uh, but, like, the big issue is that, you know, when someone's being incredibly dismissive of the situation, when done done poorly, it reads like, dismissal of the actual setting itself which just makes it less interesting when when i see some of the big forespoken uh, moments that people have been cringing at like Frey is in a fight with her talking wrist cuffing or, or like the people she's talking to she she is actively arguing with the world sort of like trying to convince which there's an effect of trying to convince the player that the world itself is shit and not worth caring about. Uh, yeah, in Stranger um, Paradise... You're referring to Austin yes. Walker's piece on this, right? Yes, in part. Yeah. Um, when, when, when Stranger Paradise does it, yes, Jack is dismissive. He, he hates exposition, but he does not reject the premise of the world itself. 
He just doesn't care about the finer details and wants to move on to his next target. He he he's willing to accept anything as long as you don't tell him what it is, basically. So instead, it comes off as funny when he tries to do something, but punch like punch the lich in the face. But the entire game narrative just ignores that he tried to do that. It it doesn't like stop the flow. Try to try to tell him shut the fuck up and listen that they just go on and besides that's like nearly the end of the cutscene anyway which only has like a line and a half left um but ultimately it comes down to one of them feels like the game is telling you not to care about what happens at which point it it starts to beg the question of why why you are paying attention to this story if if it doesn't want you to care about it well that's and, the thing yeah, um, that, 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 that's the thing some kind of mage i don't think the game is like that i think that is the impression that marketing yeah. has gotten and people have picked select quotes from it but um, it's entirely possible that it's bad marketing yes yes but i have seen yeah. all right, I, I, I Frey, say like Frey like reacts to her bracelet which talks to her and just like holy fuck a talking bracelet and you know, this game starts with a level of reality that she's supposed to be a real person from New York City. So anybody that falls through a wormhole and has a talking bracelet from New York City is going to have the reaction for some time of, holy fuck, it's a talking bracelet. Yeah, and I, I think, like, you know, the way the way you explain the difference is to that, like, that does make a huge amount of sense to me as to the difference between the perception of the two. Like, you know, I, I think that's an entirely fair way to put it. Like, I will say, like, just speaking solely from my own experience, like, um, my reason, like, the, I wouldn't play A Stranger of Paradise even if this wasn't true, just because I suck at Souls games. But with that said, my reaction to Stranger of Paradise was I just really didn't vibe. Like, I didn't vibe with the with what I saw from the marketing of, of the, the main character in that. And, like, you know, with Forspoken, like, it didn't seem especially better in terms of how it was written. It's just the difference was, like, I saw a lot of people, like, you know, almost bullying this game and saying, oh, look how cringe this is, look how bad this is. And I was seeing it, and I was seeing something totally inoffensive and, like, just generic, and I was like, where's the outrage coming from? Like, I don't get what this outrage is about. And, you know, the only difference is I can see, uh, like, you know, and before you broke that down, like, the only differences I could see was, one, the point earlier about the demographics of the main character, and the other, that this has Final Fantasy in the title. Or, sorry, that this doesn't have Final Fantasy in the title. Like, it just yeah, didn't make it, sense I to me. some people are definitely uh, viewing an easy target, but, I, I mean, I... Right. I hope I would give the impression that I am actually trying to take the advertising its face value and not just immediately dismissing it because the uh, the character is not as black as my Gaelic ass. So, oh, um, for sure. Like, for sure. Like, I never got that impression from you. No, like, I, I think I, the marketing I didn't is even terrible. get that impression from... Yeah, I didn't even get that impression from most, like, you know, most of the normal reactions, quote-unquote, I saw. Like, the, the impressions I got 
was when people would put up a tweet like, look how bad the dialogue is in this. And then all the quote tweets are all just going to be, what the fuck are you talking about? This looks fine. Like, where is this coming from? We're also, like, <laughs> I mentioned this when I when I posted the Austin Walker thing in uh, in the uh, in the uh, video channel a few days ago. Like, I don't even fully agree that uh, all of the clips that he posted as examples were bad. Like the second clip, which was the uh, which was you know the uh, let me get this straight. I'm blah 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 thing. Put in context, I thought that was fine. That was entirely in character for the moment. And she absolutely wasn't, and what had happened was not dismissive of the world. Like, yes, it's a Whedonism, but it's not one that's, that is designed to take you out of the moment. We also right. should remember we yeah. are dealing with Twitter right now, and this is what Twitter's yeah. engine is designed to do, which is, let's go and mm, find the dumbest opinion, and everyone's going to argue about it. So, um, maybe we could just Yeah, that's away. true, too. So... Yeah, so, yeah, this uh, doesn't yeah. really seem like a good discussion, honestly. Yeah. How about we reconvene next month? I'll have beaten the game by then, and then I can give you a full and honest opinion of what this thing is. Yeah, I think that's fair. But, um, our summary for now is, uh, it's probably not worth the money, but it might be worth buying on sale. And the combat is really good, so far. Yeah, like I don't think it's difficult, but it is it is actually fun to run around and throw shit at guys. I'm digging that. Yeah, which you know, it's not like the, it might be Souls like elements from the sound of it, but it's not a Souls like. No, it. no, it does not play anything like a Souls. It plays like a game where you grab Gosh, a giant yeah. rock that you summon magically and you throw it at a zombie, and then they fucking flop over like uh, like they're a bag of dead vegetables. That sounds badass. Why didn't the market fo marketing focus on that? The marketing focused on probably end game level spells that were so complicated that YouTube couldn't play them. <laughs> they broke YouTube. Yeah, that is also well one problem with the game. They can't actually show off how good it is because it's because uh, it's lo the luminous engines fucking particles. So many and, particles. Uh, and any streaming site throws a complete shit when trying to actually render that. Um, so, are we out of news? Let me check. Oh, fandom. God damn it. Yeah. All right, uh, so... We can, we can blaze through this one real quick, because there's more interesting stuff I do want to talk about. I know, but um, we, we do have to cover this. So, fan yeah, so we are finalfantasy.fandom.com, and the fandom part is in there. Uh, fandom recently purchased um, all of, I think... Everything that was CNET Media minus CNET, am I correct on that? Um, yeah, yeah. Includes... They, uh, they bought uh, all of the former CBS Interactive things except for CNET. Yes, which was owned by some shitty like chop shop website company called Red Ventures. Yeah. And I remember when that happened, I looked at what websites Red Ventures had, and I'm like, they're going to last two years and then sell this, and bam, did I call that. Uh, so, uh, they cut a whole bunch of jobs from Giant Bomb, GameStop, Metacritic, about, uh, 10% of the staff across the sites, and, uh, yeah, Perkins Miller, our CEO, I guess in theory we work for this guy, he's like, well. I hate his surname. Yeah, I, oh yeah, he's your, uh, he's, he's your brother, right? 
fuck off. <laughs> yeah, so this is... There's a lot more murders in the world. So this is especially bad for Giant Bomb because uh, that's a site that recently lost Jeff Gersman. It's a site I used to be a very big fan of until basically everyone I loved on there moved on. Uh, but they had the chance to rebuild themselves. They had very talented people working there. And uh, Wikia bought them and then fired two out of the three editors. And I would say Giant Bomb is uh, got about, I don't know, a year left before they sunset the whole thing. Yeah, and especially firing front-facing uh, front facing uh, people on Giant Bomb is a stupid idea because that's the fucking point of the website. Yeah, like, what, like why do you even... Yes. It is still a, like that very kind of gonzo journalism spirit where you're there as much for the personality of the uh, of the journalist as you are the actual story. So here's the thing. I wanted to like, so when I brought up like at the start of this podcast, I said there's an asterisk next to all of that. Like the asterisk is basically like a lot of these high profile layoffs that you're seeing right now, like... Um, a lot of people were, were saying like, oh, this spells the death of the tech industry and this is XYZ. And there was a lot of like really hyperbolic takes. But when you look into it, what it actually was, was basically the reason they were doing layoffs is because everyone else was. It was herd mentality. Yeah, yeah that doesn't like, that's help. That's effectively that, where this came from. That doesn't it, help. It doesn't that's, help. It yeah. doesn't help. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely it, is herd it, mentality. And it just shows that these people are fucking incompetent dumbasses. Yeah, yeah, completely. Basically, what happened was they were all... Yeah, yeah, Kat Yu's just posted an article on it. But basically what it was, was, you know, a couple companies said, oh, you know, we had this strong growth in the pandemic and we were stupid and we thought that would be permanent. Uh-oh, turns out it's not permanent. We hired way too much. So let's downsize a little bit. And then all the companies are all coming out with effectively the same statement. And the reason they're doing it is because it helps their stocks. So fucking stupid. But with that said, like, you know, for example, like Google, I think it laid off, I want to say around 15,000. But in in 2020, Google hired 20, 18,000. 2021, it hired 22,000. So there's still more people working for Google uh, today than there was in 2019, right? This but, is, uh, this yeah. is all very it's herd much. Menta- yeah, it it's is very much like the It's very specifically a West Coast American herd mentality. Yes. This shit isn't happening the rest of the world. There is not giant waves of tech layoffs. Like, I mean, I, I'm over here do, doing contract work for Dolby. Everything is, here is fine. Um, right. It, like, you know. The United States and Australia are basically the two places that respect software engineering the most. So those are where all the software companies are. And, um, you know, it's not just West Coast United States. It's uh, also... I mean, it depends you, you know, on, uh, on what it is because um, the uh, state of the gaming industry in Australia has been dire for like over a decade okay. now. Yeah, I'm specifically referring to like not that part. Like... You know, because Japan, for example, they have a good gaming industry. They don't have good software, anything else. But, um, yeah, like, you know, I'm around Texas, right? And, you know, basically, a lot of West Coast companies are based here. But, you know, reasons. aside from those, like, you know... Mo- for tax reasons. Well, yeah, mostly. tax reasons. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. But, like, 
you know, a lot of them might have, like, set up camp here, but, you know, in my company, for example, they're still desperate for new people, you know, the layoffs are great because they're like, oh, we have this for that for us, I should say. The layoffs are great for us. It's like, oh, we have this access to a talent pool that we didn't previously have, you know, like, so the whole thing is just herd mentality bullshit by a bunch of CEOs that wanted to make their stocks look good. And a lot of, comp- and, you know, a lot of workers were fucked over in the process, which is really sad for people on you know on work visas for example people in the same situation as me where basically if we get laid off then we have 60 days to find another company or we're fucked we have to go home like you know um but for those people out there there are a lot of support groups you can find on linkedin and elsewhere that will get you set up with a new job and hopefully it will be with one of those companies that doesn't have a stupidly long interview process but yeah i mean reach out on linkedin we'll help you out we'll do what we can we're not gonna let you you know get fucked over by like these dumbass ceos like that okay um i will say it is interesting like there's been a bunch of layoffs across games media and things like that uh, one company that has not done major layoffs is Ubisoft. I think mainly because they're based in Canada, where there's in France, where there's very different labor laws. It's just kind of ridiculous. We're just going to fire a whole bunch of people just to prove a point. Uh, whatever point yeah. that is, be it some kind of, in my conspiracy brain, it's like, well, our labor's gotten too uppity. Let's fucking knock them down. Shut up anyone that's talking about unions. Um, whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, they can't do that. Which means, systematically, this is just a failure of the American labor system. That if you can, if companies can do something this dumb for really no good reason, and I think Kat used link to the same article I've read where somebody made a very good point as to why mass layoffs are a bad idea, you know, liking it to buying labor high and selling low. It's just, yeah. getting new employees is a very expensive process. Getting people on board for your company, if you just hire yep. them, and then you're firing them off, that's a big loss. You're not looking... Maybe it looks good on your books that, like, I'm a hardcore, I'm going to tighten my belt, look at me. But uh, mm. it's not actually a good way of running anything. And that's all anything. it's about, yeah. Yeah. That's all it's about. It's telling your investors, oh, look at us, you know, we've had lower performance. We're, like, thinking about that. Look it's at so me. It's so stupid. Uh, there was a really good article yeah. I could also post. I think it was a satire article where it's like, macroeconomic trends mean I can't pay you. I'm sorry. Not taking a cut. <laughs> not taking a pay cut. Yeah, sorry, the Soldier Boy yeah, uh, like, concert know, we had. Or... Soldier Boy concert we had, those tickets are non-refundable, so we can't cut that. But your job, fuck you. Yeah, like... <laughs> like, you know, Apple CEO... Like, Apple, one of the few that didn't do this, he just cut his... He just cut his salary bonus from like 150 million to 50 million. Wow, what a hero! But yeah, I mean, it's it's all it's all ridiculous. It's all, you know, it's all a load of bullshit. But yeah. uh, on the fandom side specifically, fandom is backed by private equity, which is Great. a little different from being backed by venture capital. Um, so they are very like risk averse with how they're backed and yeah i mean like i 
I have been perplexed by a lot of the decision making that the companies had. You know, they sold off D and D Beyond, which was an enormous source of revenue for them, and they bought the these story. companies, and they awesome. don't they don't seem to know what they're doing with them. It's perplexing to me, but yeah. One one thing I have to add is that you know if you look at CNET and what a dumpster fire it's become under Red Ventures, sadly, this this fuckery is actually better than than what was in its future if it had stuck if uh, the if the other sites had stayed there. Because CNET is just complete shit now. They 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 mm. have been writing articles with AI. It's been it's full of oh my uh, god it's really full of errors. Oh yes, no. it's been full of errors. It took like a week of uh, more reputable j- journalism sites shitting on them for having basic fi- technical errors in in how finance works before they finally say okay, okay fine fine we'll take take it the AI down for review we'll 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 fix this. And they still plan on bringing it back. It, it's it's a disaster. What what it does should not really be considered writing anymore. Yeah, I do have. Um, that actually leads me to a bone I was not going to pick right now, but I do have a bone to pick with basically the entire tech industry right now in the United States and maybe around the world, where I don't think the tech industry has come up with a good idea in about ten years, like since smartphones have come around. Like cloud computing, all that smart other watches were pretty good. Yeah, it's cloud computing's okay. All that other stuff. There's nothing that feels revolutionary or impressive or like this is actually going to make the world a better place. And in the case of AI, provably will make the world a worse place because all you do is you wipe out jobs. And you, if you have a thing, make up an article or make up a painting for you, that becomes worse art. Genuinely, what is good well, about... I will say... Yes? I will say on the AI point, the current study suggests it actually adds more jobs than it takes away. Currently. Yeah, well, so I'm going to say whatever CNET is doing right now, it needs real people to actually write that shit versus let me go and have a very yes. dumb program do things. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, in my experience with computers, computers are fucking stupid. They... Yep. That is what every programmer will actually tell you. Is like when you get right down to it, programming is a bunch of buckets of bolts thrown together. And I've had, I don't even do a job that's very tech intensive, but what tech I run into fails constantly. And genuinely, what is good about art and creation, and I'm just going to finish this rant right now, is the fact that somebody actually did it. That is what is good about writing, is the fact that it is an idea, it is an expression of human emotion and human thought. And outsourcing it to a fucking dumbass AI thing to go and pump out your bullshit means maybe your bullshit doesn't need to exist in the first place and don't fucking do it. Just ban this shit. Just be done with it. Uh, Yep. Okay. A a computer does exactly what you tell it to. No more, no less, and it does not understand subjective qualities. So, no, you cannot tell a computer to write something and make it good because it does not know what good is, so it will just write something and the quality is a crapshoot. Yeah, what I consider the failures of computing to be on my end, because I work in the health industry, it is simply a way for companies to 
have an excuse for why they can't do their job and why people cannot get the services they need. That is what it is for. We have this it's broken fucking thing that will not work. It's the same case in the NHS. Yeah. It's the same thing in the NHS. Yep. Like, which is the UK's health service. <sighs> well. So, we're going to talk about the good topic now? Yeah, we, uh, we're we going extremely long today. But uh, we uh, it's yeah. the end of the year, 2022, a month later. Because a bunch of shit happened last month, Ooh. so I couldn't get to it now. Uh, how does everyone feel about the wiki and Final Fantasy now a year more in our lives that have passed? Better than I have ever felt about this wiki in the whole time I've been here. And that might sound like a big statement, but it is very much the case. Like, I am, you know, we, we started last year on a somewhat optimistic note about the wiki. And this year, like... Let me just tell you, I'm so proud of you all. Like, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like, not just people on this call, like this whole community, past, present, everyone. I'm so proud of you all. Because how this site is shaping up to be, I am like, you know, I am filled, like, I don't want to use the word pride again. I'm filled with very positive emotions with how I feel about how this is going about and where it's heading. And... The direction, like, you know, I, I really feel like it's shaping up to reach the potential we've always had. Okay. Um, let me do a homie check-in right now. Cat use some color man. How are you guys feeling um, about us keeping going right now? Do you guys need a break? Uh, I, um, I can keep going for another hour and a quarter. Okay. Uh, I, could go, I could go on for a bit longer. Uh, okay. I mean... I'm not in a huge hurry to do anything. So how do you guys feel about the wiki? Uh, you first, Cass. I mean, I think it's in a pretty good shape. It's just one of, it's just one of these things where it's just, it just gets bigger and bigger, and we always need more people working on, you know, programming projects, more people managing files, more people right now, more people maybe to moderate the Discord more people writing articles it it's it, it's it the, the wiki has gotten very large and it needs a probably a larger team than we have to keep it going but this is a good problem to have mm. yeah and like when we are not lacking on actual you know volunteers it's just that we uh uh we are traditionally rather slow on promoting people unless they actually come up to us and say hey this is Hey, I've used this site a lot. I want to do things that require elevated privileges, which yeah, you know, if you're listening and you want to do that, uh, there should be a uh, there should be a link to that in the header of the site in under the uh, in the staff directory or something like. Um, oh yeah, it's not directly linked from the header, but if you go to the staff directory, there is a. Uh, there is a link to the promotion page uh, uh, in the in the lead, um, but uh, but yes, I do feel that the quality of the site writing has significantly improved. Uh, Techno, among others, is definitely to thanks for that. Uh, just providing a more a more unified layout. Um, uh, the uh, the, the site design 
this is has become a lot easier than it was in yesteryear and like this isn't particularly a new change but uh, like back in November December we had to change the live theme to the crisis core and just switching everything back in is a lot easier than it used to be and we have a good template that'll keep going on forevermore we might need to do something a bit different for 16 but all the elements are already there for 7 rebirth and uh, most of the elements are already there for uh, 14 version 7 because um, uh, I guess uh, back on 14 chat for a second one thing uh, that they also added is that they added a uh, a new uh, UI option which is uh, explicitly inspired by Final Fantasy 7 Remake's menus um, mm. well what, what's a coincidence our default uh, layout is also inspired by Final Fantasy 7 Remake's menus <laughs> mm. <laughs> so they'll make that a lot easier when that comes around um, for sure yeah um, um Obviously, there's been some stuff going around on the Discord recently. I don't want to be we, a downer there, and people are still to, hashing it out. So, we don't uh, need to get into that. I don't think we get into Discord. So we don't need here. to talk about no. that. Um, uh, is there anything to talk? Anything else to talk about? Um, Other than my what, stuff, uh, I guess I like could. Of... No. Also, I mean, uh... on the topic of stuff, one thing that we've put off for years because nobody ever bothers to think about it is that we we don't have any stuff on the uh, on the on wiki uh for forum equivalent the discussions thing um yeah which it'd probably be better to have someone who's faster response on it than me because all i do is check the report queue every so often <laughs> I think that's everything I can think of. Okay. Um, I guess I'll say my limited piece, which is that I don't edit. I do use the wiki regularly because I like Final Fantasy and I like to show people Final Fantasy things. Um, my, I think the wiki looks pretty damn good. The only problem is, I think, fandom level stuff because the mobile mm. site works much better than it did a few years ago. Um, still too many yeah, friggin' ads. Yeah, it actually works. Yeah, there's still too many friggin' ads. The autoplaying video ad thing is less annoying than it used to be. My biggest complaint is that it's hard to copy pictures off the page off mobile. And that's something we can't fix. Mm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so I mean, honestly, like, uh, I'll just give an update on what I'm mostly working on for this year. So I'm really, really hoping, and I'm going to cross all my fingers and all my toes when I say this, that Final Fantasy VII content will all be ready by the time Rebirth releases. Like, and I mean all of it. So I mean, we'd read, so the, the big one that we actually got a lot of good traction on Twitter for is we're going to remake the timeline page and we have our translator, Mako, is, is, I don't know how you pronounce her name, but, Mikorch, um, you know, she's this, I've never had to, I've never even I don't know how you pronounce how, her name. I've never but, even thought about how to read yeah. it. Like, I've never even thought what those phonemes could even add to. Like, 
I don't know. I, I, I've never known how to pronounce her name, but she's Sorry. a super funny person who we always have back and forth banter with, but she's always reliable as a translator. And she has been translating all bits of the uh, Ultimanias and other sources we can get just so we can put together a comprehensive Final Fantasy VII timeline page that is better than the one we have now. Because the one we have right now is pretty much just it we got it from the livestream.net yes. and they and on the livestream.net they did a lazy ass job with it because they just said oh this was from uh final fantasy 10th anniversary ultimania and some other sources including crisis core we're not going to tell you which one's which we're not going to tell you where we got this from no we're just going to say it's here so then, um, is, you know, someone pointed out it to us. All, uh, all correct. It's just that we yeah. can't properly cite it. Yeah, right. I think right, exactly. I, I might have written you know. this page originally, or I know I copied most of it from the livestream.net. It's like I, I know all these year which, things. Yeah, which... Like, it's got a weird year yeah, system yeah. where for some reason, year zero is, I think, a few years before Final Fantasy VII, and there's no in universe explanation. Seven of... years before. There's no explanation yeah. given as to why that would be year zero and why they have a whole bunch of Greek letters. Wu as... Yeah, but why do they have Greek letters as their years? I... Since... There's no explanation for that. <laughs> no. But and also like some of them are just clearly not intended to be the character and just like, uh, what's the closest way of making something look like the word era in Greek? Oh, is right. that what that's supposed to be? Yeah, Wait, that's what that's supposed to mean. Holy oh, shit! Wow, oh, my so <laughs> I've learned something, and it is extremely dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but basically, but basically, like you know, so we're redoing the timeline page from scratch, where you know, Mako is actually going down and chasing down all the different books to find all the different scraps of of information. So we're getting a fully reliable translation, this time done by us, not outsourced to the livestream.net. And we're gonna yeah. do that and we're not, we're basically gonna like rewrite this page. So between that and we have Final Fantasy VII script, I transcribed the full game. Uh, Final Fantasy VII script is now done. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII script is done. Seven remake script is done. Between those three, we can now officially rewrite every Final Fantasy VII page. And when I say rewrite, I'm just gonna clarify. I don't mean like completely just from scratch as if the original didn't exist because we're still very much building on the original work. Like, um, you know, every page I've rewritten, I have had to take what was done originally and kind of like you know repackage it in a way so we're gonna get every page for final fantasy 7 is gonna be rewritten it's gonna be in tip-top quality shape i really hope this is all gonna be ready before rebirth but the stretch goal is to get it ready before 16 because i'm not gonna be writing for 16 and that is not to do with 16 itself like i'm now very excited for 16 and that's why i don't want to write for it because for once i want a final fantasy game that i can just play it and enjoy it and not have to worry about you know how am i going to edit for this and how am i going to like you know oh and i'm not allowed to 
look at spoilers because you know what if some vandal writes something and i have to check that it's correct like i for once want a final fantasy that i can actually enjoy it that's the only reason i'm not writing for 16. but i'm hoping with the seven stuff i'll be able to set the bar that 16 in future games will be able to live up to and um yeah so i mean i'm just really proud of us all that we've been able to like put all this together and you know this this wiki has existed for i think since 2006 and if you compare how it's 2005 it's existed since then if you compare how we've been when, when we started out versus how we are now i really think we've come a long way and you know i'm i'm just really proud of us and proud of everyone on this call like you know yeah and it's not even like it's not even just me doing the rewriting because we have this one guy in nocturne like i just checked he just wrote the rewrote the page for angeal like and i didn't really direct him very much on this one because i mentored him with a lot of his earlier pages and they turned out extremely good like jesse for example and i checked his page for angeal and this was the one i've had the least amount of input on and that's a solid freaking page like that's like you know, that's a really, really good page. Like, to the point where I'd say I don't think I could have done better myself. Like, so I'm just, I'm just phenomenally proud of us. Okay. Like, um, so with the timeline and the script page is done, we can rewrite all the lore for this game. And then, uh, so I'm going to get to the main topic today of uh, wait, what? the new oh, layout. Wait, wait, there's Before a new... you go to the main topic... Well, your main topic, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. I'd also like to add to the timeline stuff. Uh, that timeline page was also rather outdated because, like, when we started doing this rewrite, we we're just focusing on the uh, on the um, on the books that were included in the live streams timeline, and mm. then then uh, I bought a copy of the. Final Fantasy VII Remake Material Ultimania and like the morning I got it yep. I was looking for it on the train and then like I just message, message Techno hey you realize that do you know there's like a construction history in Midgar listed in here that we don't have anywhere yeah I heard about that wait that that's well, not I on the live stream anywhere about did I fuck I that up you about it. I feel bad that I didn't no it's that. not no, Blue, no, you couldn't no, have it... caught it because that book didn't exist then. Oh, Yeah, okay. that book came out last year. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Um, before so... you go on to your, like, Guernica or whatever the hell it is that you want to talk about. <laughs> um, go on. Yeah. Um, I just, since we're talking about wiki stuff, I just want to make a shameless request. Uh, if there's any, I don't know if there's anyone out there who's listening who's interested in Final Fantasy XIV, like, data mining or, like, knows Python or Lua especially if you know Lua, uh, please let me know if you're interested in Final Fantasy XIV, uh, like data mining and automatic, automatically like turning that, putting that stuff on the wiki because uh, I'm an old man now. I don't have time to do this, what, what, what will be a massive programming project myself. So please let me know if you can help. Thank you. Okay, you, you can talk about the Jelnica or whatever now. I thought you said Guernica. Sure, okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting because um, you know the way that the way the the vehicle was translated was it was translated as Galnica, but if you look at what the original Japanese Romaji was, it was it was trying to be Gernica. 
question oh. mark, which is a totally different thing. And then in Seven Remake, they retranslated it as Raonica. So <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so but, Guernica um, is the famous bomb city in Spain from the Spanish Civil War that I think uh, Picasso painted. Right. Right, that is correct. Yeah, and and I don't know. Maybe they wanted to name it after that, but apparently they didn't. I don't know. It's weird. But basically, so, uh, the, so one of the main things I've really been doing with this seven rewrite, I've been going through the location pages and I've been writing quest pages for Final Fantasy VII, which we didn't previously have. So, the location pages. For this game, and I want to say all the location pages on the wiki. And before I say this, I'm, I mean no disrespect to the previous staff, no disrespect to the previous people who came on this, because like I understand how this happened, but I feel like our location pages were not good because they didn't serve any type of reader. So, so to clarify what I mean by that, so when you look at a location page for any of the games. So, for example, if you look at Delnica, which is one of the ones I've linked to, there are three types of people who are looking at the Delnica page. The first one is someone who's interested in the lore behind Delnica. They're like, you know, what kind of ship is this? You know, they're interested in the stuff that you can find in, for example, the Ultimania archive, which will tell you how long it is, like, you know, what kind of ship it is how Shinra built it, interested in all the background information for it. The second type of person looking through a page like that is someone who's in the sunken Galnica dungeon and they're stuck and they need help. And our page did not serve that reader very well either because, you know, we have gameplay information in there, but we didn't have a clear, here's how you get through it. No, instead they were expected to go find the walkthrough pages themselves, such as Blue Highwind's walkthrough, which oh, no. I should add is a very good walkthrough. Uh, no, it's very good. Okay, like uh, I'm using it know, right now. It's, I, I know, it's but very good. It is. It is a walkthrough that was made for a function, which is not entirely just to go and uh, transfer information how to get you through the game. And some people might just right, want to get through the game and do not want to, and do not want to get random uh, 2007 humor thrown in their face. Which is what the chapter pages do. So the chapter pages for these games, which I've added, um, they include the information as to what the chapter entails. So, for example. The chapter in Sunken Gelnica is actually toward the Sea of Stars. And that chapter is after you obtain the submarine, this is the bit where you can then go to Gelnica. And it, it's basically the main story of the chapter is in the rocket. You know, it's the bit where you get the huge material from the rocket. And this chapter, it's not clear what this chapter is in the game because the chapter exists from the Ultimanias. So... But we were able to take this book that lists chapters from the game and divided the game up that way and say, oh, okay, so this occurs during Toward the Sea of Stars, or this occurs during Marco Cannon Rampage, which is the part where you return to Midgar. We're able to do that now fully. 
Now, the third type of person who would come to these location pages is someone who isn't necessarily looking for a step-by-step, -step, how do I get through it? But they're more looking for like, oh, where's Yuffie's weapon? Or like, you know, what can I find while I'm here? Like stuff that's not necessarily the structured bit by bit by bit by bit going through the story, just a non-linear, you know, what's in this location, right? So there were three types of people that would come to one big page that was trying to serve all three and didn't really do that very well. And based and you know, basically that was because it had to not only do all these three things, but if a location existed in Crisis Core, like Junon, for example, if it existed in Crisis Core, now all of a sudden it needs this whole other giant part of the page to explain how to get through it in Crisis Core. And someone who just wants to find, you know, how do I get through the quest in Junon, where like, you know, how do I just get Tifa out of the gas chamber in Junon? They don't need to scroll through all the history of it in Crisis Core and all of that shit. They don't need that. Equally, if you're in Crisis Core and you just want to get through that chapter, you don't need to know how to get Tifa out of the gas chamber. So what I've done with these pages is I split them up into three different ones. So now you have Junon, the page that gives you the lore information about Junon. Junon Final Fantasy VII Field, which gives you the page on how, you know, basically all the information about the location as you run into it, regardless of what quest you're in. This is all the stuff that exists in June on the field that you go to in Final Fantasy 7. There's an equivalent for Crisis Core as well. And the third one is the actual quest pages for, you know, the events that take place that happen to be in Junon. And on that one, you would get a step-by-step -step walkthrough for it. So, okay. and I feel in being able to give these specific functions and these specific use cases, in being able to give them breathing room, and structure pages around them where like the Junon page has a very Wikipedia style layout and explains it from a lore perspective and the Junon Final Fantasy 7 field page is more similar to what the original wiki was going for in listing the gameplay information. I feel like in being able to give these parts breathing room it's really served the page a lot better and I think it really helps the readers a lot more but okay. I'm you know, I'm interested to see what other people's perspectives on this are. I mean, you've asked my opinion about splitting gameplay and uh, and and and, uh, and story or like lore, lore. like several yeah. times already. And I've always, I think I've always, basically always approved, except in maybe like weird exceptional cases. So uh, yeah, I mean, I look at the pages look good. I, I don't. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't have a whole Appreciate lot to say it. here. No, I, I think, no, that's uh, fine. I, I think it's a smart decision because our wiki is ultimately serving two purposes, which are not always the same yep. thing. It is kind of, um, there's, there's a running issue in game theory, which is called narratology versus ludology, which is what is a game? Is it what you do or is it the story that it's telling? And our wiki, of course, has to do both of those things at the same time because we are a video game wiki for the most part. So that becomes, yeah. what are we actually trying to do with the sunken plane from Final Fantasy VII, whatever it's called? And uh, I think splitting it's a... Yonaka. Whatever. You know, now it's very confused. I don't know what it's called. There was a name that I knew for, <laughs> for decades now, and you've made it complicated. 
I don't know. Did the Germans bomb it or did they not? I have no idea anymore. So, um, <laughs> well, it's kind of this like like this 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 the thing that's called the Guernica was used to bomb a village in Crisis Core. So, oh shit! Uh, so they they reversed they probably... it. What was bombed yeah. in the Spanish Civil yep. War by the fascists is now a fascist icon that is bombing. Wow, there's a lot going on there. So, uh, yeah, I think it's right. I, I didn't know the Guernica thing, so I just spent, like, the first minute of that conversation thinking, wait, where, where the fuck does Zen Xenoblade 3 enter into this equation? Yeah. There's Guernica and <laughs> Xenoblade 3, too? He's, like, he's like the, the game's fandom. He dies at the very beginning. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I think it's a smart decision, and it may not work for every single video game that we have, because, like, Final Fantasy three, there really isn't lore for... I mean, there is a tiny bit of lore, but, like, a paragraph for most worlds. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, yeah. I think that's a good choice. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and on the flip side of that as well, like, you know, so I didn't do this for Final Fantasy V when I rewrote that game. And the reason I didn't do that is because the locations in Final Fantasy V from a gameplay perspective are extremely simple so there wouldn't be much for me to say on a layout section of all the different areas of for example like lena's castle there's just not that much to say on it so i, I there might be on final fantasy 6 that one might it might make a lot of sense to do it that way haven't done six yet i will look at it sometime this year if i have time between this wiki and the ratchet and clank wiki um but, like, yeah, so I just think this makes a lot of sense for for Final Fantasy VII in particular, but also all the games after this. Like, you know, Final Fantasy X-2 is where it's really going to make a lot of sense. Like, because, you know, the X-2 pages, they will say, like, oh, here's the layout in Final Fantasy X. Here's the exact same layout in X-2. And it's like, you know, now the new way we have it set up, we can make a separate one. For how it is in 10 and a separate one for how it is in 10 too so like that's been really like the biggest change while i've been working on these and you know okay. now being able to create these quest pages as well and mm -hmm. so yeah i just like i mean i'm glad i'm glad that there's broad agreement that it is has worked out because you know this was something i tried back when seven remake was just was first done and you know now I've done it for the rest of the game, and you know I'm I'm happy that we seem to have broad agreement that this seems to work for people. Okay, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things that we. Sorry, um, we are starting uh -huh. to uh, hit our two-hour yeah. mark here. So why don't we, unless anyone's got like really yeah. important wiki things, we could table it for no. another podcast. We can do one last year yeah. of review thing, which is Final Fantasy of the Year. Everyone want to move on that? Okay. Okay. So, okay. We have yes, a Leia's few candidates. Ahead. Final Fantasy of the Year 2022. Uh, where did I put our candidates? Damn it, we talked a lot on Penguins. So, I can't find it now. Uh, where was it? My goodness. Sorry, I'm failing. You. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, we have five candidates. Okay. Because there were really only five Final Fantasy games that came out last year in 2022. They are number five, Chocobo GP. Anyone think that's Final Fantasy of the Year? No. No. No, no. one does. Um, no. Final Fantasy 14. Who thinks that's Final Fantasy of the Year 2022? Um, 
I mean, I struggled to put it on on Game of the Year 2022 list because the Endwalker was a 2021 release. But uh, compared to the rest of this list and discounting the one that I know you're going for, which isn't actually a Final Fantasy game, hey, hey, it just wins by default. Uh (laughs) No, I think you're you're absolutely right. Final Fantasy XIV has been Final Fantasy of the Year for like the last eight years. Yeah, it just wins by default. It just wins by default. It is so powerful that we could actually take Final Fantasy XIV off because you no longer have a meaningful discussion of what Final Fantasy of the Year is, which is a concept I just made up about a minute ago. (laughs) Yeah, so let's... All right, so we'll remove that one from the list. That that has a super category of being Final Fantasy of the Century. And uh, next up... (laughs) Which is probably fair. Strangers of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. Anyone think that's Final Fantasy of the Year? This is probably going to be the best of uh, my lot because, like, I can see the list, and you know, Final Fantasy fourteen would have been there, but that's cheating. Um, cha- uh, the uh, there's the one that I haven't played, and the other thing on there. I mean, we'll talk about it when it brings us up, but I really do not yeah. think it's the best showing. So. Uh, Strangers of Paradise uh, basically is just the only option for me there. It's um, like uh, uh, I am going to get into what uh, really stupid Australian slang here. Basically, Bradbury the entire thing. What? It's uh, it won because everyone else that could have been ahead Round of it beat. just fell the fuck over. Okay. Oh, so it, yeah, um... I-, I will say. Yeah, no, keep going. Go ahead. I didn't have. A, I did not have a good metaphor. Oh, okay. In okay. Um, I will say I was never gonna be huge on this game just because I don't like Souls like. It's you know the game could be the best Souls like game ever made. It could be better than Elden Ring, and I still probably wouldn't. It still wouldn't be my game of the year just because like Souls like just doesn't vibe with me. Like you know so, um, but. I will say that just because this game isn't for me doesn't shouldn't disqualify it. Uh, I will also say that I find the story and the setting and everything about this game personally unappealing. And there is no, like, you know, like, I, I feel like sometimes when I talk about this game, I sound super negative. Like, I've, I've especially sounded super negative in the Discord. Like, and really, like, I don't mean to be negative from a sense of, like, oh, I think this is trash and no one should like it. Because, well, no. Like, well, you techno, know, it's you a think, well-made, competent... If you think there's another Final Fantasy of the Year, I think we're going to get to it in a second, right? I do think that. I do think that. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I have sounded unfair on this game, and uh, I, I don't really, like, I don't really think it's that bad. I just think it's something that was personally unappealing to me. It wasn't going to appeal to me just because of the kind of genre it is. And um, yeah, and I think when I heard, when I originally heard like the rumors about, oh, there's going to be a game made by this like developer and it's going to be about this. I had, I was in my head, all these sorts of things it could be like, I was like, oh man, Maybe they're going to make, like, Final Fantasy Warriors, finally, and it's going to be a Distidia-based game. And, like, you know, I had all these, like, expectations for it, and it just wasn't that. No. Yeah, I mean, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't that. So, if I have been unfair to this game, that's probably the reason. 
Like, okay. uh, like but, the uh, the right. team that they've been working with, it's not the Warriors team. When Square Enix works with Koei Tech mode, they're usually working with Team Ninja. Uh, I right. would like Omega Force to get involved and make a their Final Fantasy Decidia Warriors game because you know, that seems like the best thing that you could do that isn't make a fighting game that's actually like the PSP ones this time. Um, yeah. Yeah, please don't. I would say the PSP most unfavorable the, only, the most unfavorable comparison I've drawn to this game is calling it Shadow the Hedgehog Final Fantasy Origins, which is just a joke name I come up with. Like, you know, I call Ratchet and Clank Size Matters, Ratchet and Clank SMH, just because it's funny. I don't actually hate that game that much. I don't but get that reference. This game is not my game. Mo- is uh, SMH. Shake my head. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Look, this, this game is not my Final Fantasy of the year. I'm very glad it exists because there are people who really liked it. Okay. I will say this was the greatest meme that Final Fantasy has had in quite some time, and I am eternally grateful that everyone loved Jack. <laughs> everyone did. <laughs> it was very who important. Who can forget the chaos check-ins, you know? Yeah. The fact that every <laughs> Discord I go to has a chaos um, option as a react. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, that mattered. All right, so Final Fantasy of the Year is it Crisis Core Remaster? It is for me. It is for me personally. Like you know, I and I'm just gonna say, like you know, in the interest of not completely reiterating what I said on last episode, like this is you know, Crisis Core the original game has not held up very well and wasn't amazing to begin with it had amazing ideas in it but it wasn't you know the execution was basically a six out of ten on all fronts it was six out of ten gameplay you know the story had good ideas in it that weren't executed very well like you know basically this was a solid six out of ten game just across the board and it just did not live up to its potential crisis core reunion has brought it the closest it could have gotten to reach its potential without straight up remaking the game. Like, the only way you could have made it better, you would have had to fundamentally change things about the game that just they just simply weren't going to do in the context of a remaster. So I'm just, like, I just... The way that this game has improved, I think makes it just a significantly more fun, more entertaining more interesting game so it is my personal final fantasy of the year okay right that is largely where i am with the two like yeah the crisis core psp game is severely flawed this fixes the gameplay but due to its nature it nature the story which you know it's not terrible but it is something i am rather cool on outside of the ending because i think everyone agrees the ending is fantastic but uh, it's uh, it is still quite a bit to go through to get there um so it does come down to uh, whether or not you liked stranger paradise more i did techno didn't it's just basically that simple yeah pretty much like, you know, if you vibe with Souls-like games, then Stranger of Paradise is going to be your game of the year. 
And it's not what, sorry, it's going to be your final fantasy of the year. Because as far as Souls-like games go, I mean, come on, there is a Souls-like game of the year from last year. It was Elden Ring, right? Well, but I mean, if no you one, really no love one those said, types of games... I mean, some color mage, did you like Stranger Paradise more or did you like <laughs> Elden Ring more? Um, okay, so personally speaking, I'm not a big fan of Souls-likes in general. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, Elden, I actually do find them kind of hard to get into, like... It's not even just the oh, you need to get good get good stuff. It's just that kind of uh, pattern of you know eating shit until you learn learn everything about it is just not something I particularly enjoy. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, you the heard actual it here. ability to the actual ability to adjust the difficulty on uh, Stranger Paradise did actually make it appeal more to me. I, I do recognize that Elden Ring as a technically excellent game. It's just not to my tastes. You heard it here fo first, folks. Stranger Paradise, better game than Elden Ring. Final Fantasy wins again. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, but yeah, so if, you, if you're a Souls-like fan and you want, you're, you want more after, after you've tried Elden Ring, and if you're like vaguely interested in Stranger of Paradise, I'll say from everything I've seen, that game will surprise you with that story. Like, you know, I've like, you know, seen some bits about the story. I'll be like, oh, this is actually kind of intriguing. Like, so it is very much worth playing. If you're not a generally not speaking, a fan, gen generally speaking, if you like Neo, you will like at the very least the base game of Stranger of Paradise because it's basically just Neo 3. Oh, okay. Right, so if, you, if you're if you in that vein of video game player, you will like that. If you're at all interested in the world of Final Fantasy VII, and especially for Final Fantasy VII Remake, you will very much, like, you will not be disappointed by Crisis Core. It's, it doesn't even cost as much as a full game does. It is the best way to play Crisis Core now. Like, you know, don't... Don't emulate the PSP version. Like, even if you really love Rick Gomez's voice, don't do it. It's not yeah, it's nearly as good as this version. There's a mod for that for the PC version. Yes! Right. It <laughs> saved us once again. Right, so just do that. <laughs> just do that. So, yeah. So that's all it's going to come down to. Okay. All right. Now I can tell you the true Final Fantasy of the year. I don't think any of you have played this, even though I've been, like, screaming about it. This is a game called Chained Echoes, which, despite your claim of not being a Final Fantasy game, is extremely heavily inspired by Final Fantasy XII and Final Fantasy IX and Final Fantasy VI. It's been compared graphically a lot the best to... best three. Yeah, no, those are very, very good ones. Multiples of three usually are very good Final Fantasy games, unless it's 15, as it turns out. Uh, this yeah, is... Yeah, uh, It's, um been compared a lot to Chrono Trigger because of how your characters all run in a line, but it really doesn't play anything like Chrono Trigger and story-wise, not really like that either. It is a throwback to 1990s JRPGs and is a full 30 to 40 hour adventure. It is a damn good video game. It was made mostly by one guy, Matthias Linda, who is a German developer. Entirely indie, only about $15, $20. Uh, 
Um, I, I think this game is fantastic. People's only real complaint is that the script is not too good, considering the uh, original writer was not writing in native English. I don't think it's that bad that it's in any way much of a negative. It manages to do everything that a great Final Fantasy game does, including a banger of what's effectively a Disc 1 reveal, and even like a Disc 2 reveal. I think all the characters are really damn good, and there even are gay characters in this. There are casually male and male relationships, female-female relationships, which are just a thing that exists and is not really commented upon. It is just accepted as being part of the world. And I don't believe that Final Fantasy has ever canonically had a queer relationship. Is that true? Fine Vanille? Yeah, but that's kind of like wink wink. I think like textually... Oh, okay. <laughs> then no, it hasn't. I think textually that the that's still of. a, oh my god, they're such good friends, is actually how the game handles that. Okay. Well, if well, I that was... Recall, I have not played 13. Oh. If I recall correctly, there is one side quest in Final Fantasy 14 that has like an explicitly gay couple in it, but yeah, not among the main cast. Mm -hmm. Final Fantasy XIV also has an NPC named Sappho in it. <laughs> That's not actually relevant, but it is sort of relevant. Really? They <laughs> named them Sappho, but like in no way intended anything with that? Well, I might have. I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't Final remember very much about... Yeah. Final Fantasy XIV has the, uh, the goth girl and the girl in the white dress, right? Are they like holding right, right. hands that in is, official that art? Is something that, that is yeah. something that's implied, but like it is almost like it is very like you cannot look at the ending of that storyline and say that, that, that there is a straight explanation for it. There's even a big fucking gay rock at the end of it. It is okay. Um, oh. yeah. Um, well, one more thing about Chain Echoes it's got mechs. You ride mechs. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm sold then. I yeah. Mean, it's Final Fantasy XII with Gundams. Like, yes. It's basically yeah. almost exactly that. There's evil uh, gods that you have to overthrow. There's an evil empire. There's a cast of evil generals that are basically the judge magisters or the generals from Skies of Arcadia. There's a Balthier that's a female say, character. I will say, Blue, you are very much selling me on this game. The only thing that gives me pause is a lot of games that have been sold as this is a throwback to old Final Fantasy games, this is inspired by XYZ. A lot of times I've played them and I've struggled to get into them, mostly because I've found them like either too difficult or they just don't completely recapture the magic. Like, you know, like I really wanted to like Octopath Traveler more than I did. And to be clear, I still liked it, uh -huh. but I couldn't finish it. Well, this is a much better game than Octopath Traveler, um, just because of okay. It is a complete story versus eight kind of mediocre vignettes, and I I'll be honest, I right. really don't have much interest in Octopath Two, which is coming out soon. Uh, this is yeah. unlike Bravely Default and a lot of other kind of throwback RPGs. This is not a throwback to the Super Nintendo era. It is a throwback more to the PlayStation One era, but with Super Nintendo oh, graphics. Okay. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll have to check it out. Did Sakaguchi's game come out last year, or was that the year before last? That was definitely Which 2020. Which one of Sakaguchi's games? Uh, 
Fantasia, I guess you're talking about? Yeah, Fantasia, that's the one. That was definitely 2020. I heard great yeah, that... things about it, but it's also, it's Apple Arcade, so almost Yeah, no I'm not it. guessing Apple Arcade just to play one game. No. Right. Um, <laughs> I think it must have been released outside of our Apple Arcade at this point. It's on iOS, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, um... well, I heard great things about that. If that didn't come out last year, then it's not a contender. But, no, it did not. Um, yeah, so it sounds like Chained Echoes is the the best, not a Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy of the year. Okay, and, how about this? Uh, the Final Fantasy of the year was 14, by the sounds of it. No, 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 like, no, no. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. We've already ruled that one out. So at this point, we have me saying Chained Echoes, Some Color Mage saying Strangers of Paradise, Techno, you're saying Crisis Core Remaster. Cat use, you got to decide. Yep. What was the Final Fantasy of 2022? So this is a problem because I have not played Strange to Paradise, I've not played Crisis Core, and I've not played Chained Echoes. I think, <laughs> based on the descriptions of the game, I think that I would enjoy Chained Echoes the most. However, I'm going to have to cast my lot with Strangers of Paradise okay. um, because it's the B-movie of Final Fantasy. And you know what? Final Fantasy always needed a B-movie. All right, it's a fair yeah, victory. <laughs> Strangers of Paradise is the Final Fantasy of 2022, and since we've already proved it's a better game than Elden Ring, it is Game of the Year 2022. Final Fantasy wins again. Victory to Final Fantasy, yeah. all glory Fought to Fuck God of War. Yeah. Fuck Elden Ring. Fuck what else came out? Horizon. Uh, my favorite um, game, fuck uh, Tunic. Them. I don't know what that is. Tunic um, has yeah, a very it, good. It, you don't know what Tunic is? All right, we, we don't have time to get into this because, honestly, I want to wrap this up. So um, Yeah, this is way too long. <laughs> yeah, all right. We need to have a discussion about how to make these shorter. But until we get to that, uh, this has been the Final Fantasy Wiki we Podcast. We have too many topics to talk about each month. Maybe we need to split these in two. Maybe we got to do, like, a news episode and then a whatever else episode. All right, anyway. This has been the Final Fantasy Wiki Podcast. I'm Blue Highwind. I'm your host. I also edit and all the other stuff, so anything that was wrong, it's entirely my fault. Podcast music is La Montanas de los Avenes uh, Caballeros. It's based on the Mount Colts music from Final Fantasy VI. It's made by Expert Novice. It's off the OC Remix uh, Balance and Ruin soundtrack. Uh, the website is FinalFantasyWiki.com whatever no no it's not <laughs> no it's not okay the joke's not it's even final funny anymore the fandom.com. all right I'm, I'm not even i'm not even doing it as a joke i'm just legitimately my brain does not function okay thank you all for listening we'll be back next month with um more for spoken and other stuff so see you all then bye Woo-hoo. okay bye bye hey. oh.